occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode three. I'm Abby. I'm Kate. And today I'm going to be telling you about the Winchester Mystery House. And I'm going to be telling you guys about Heaven's Gate. Ooh. Spoopy. Spoopy. It's going to be a spoopy day. Hopefully. Almost Halloween. That it is. Are you excited? I am so excited for Halloween. We don't have any plans for Halloween. We're going to go pumpkin picking. Are we doing that on the day? Probably not. Well. But we're going to do that. I'm thinking we get a bunch of butter kissed toffee popcorn. Ooh. Sit around. Get some sodas in. Maybe go to the cinema, get a Tango Ice Blast, come back home, and then just binge watch all of Sky's Halloween movies. Can I wear a zombie costume? I mean, no one is stopping you. Well then, that's what we'll do. Sounds like a plan. Interesting. Can't wait for my parents to see you. Just sat <laughs> watching a film. Dead. I'm watching Finding Nemo. <laughs> I'm just in my my full get up. Good God. Oh, this is just how she watches movies. Yeah, she I have did to it dress. for the entire three years in Lancaster Uni. <laughs> Plug for Lancaster Uni again. <laughs> Halloween is the best time of year. It's where you can get cheap decorations for your house. Yeah, that's true. Although not this year, because this year has been awful. Yeah, there aren't that many good things this year. It's a bit, um, bit dry, bit tacky, bit disappointing. Bit of a shame. Bit of a shame all around. But oh well. Halloween will still be good though. Trick-or-treaters, hopefully. Yeah, I'll be the trick-or-treater. Just at you the door. You can give me sweets. Yeah. Knocking away. Knock out my own you house. You say trick-or-treat, I say trick and kick you out. <laughs> of the house, like, to live? Yeah. Or just for the night? Yeah. <laughs> Everything you own is in suitcases. Oh my god. Trick. Horrible prank. Shove it out, yeah. Okay, do you, do you have anything you have to say before we get started? Uh, I mean, we could always plug all of our social media immediately. Oh, how about that for a Scan change? Scan Go on. Do it. <laughs> Plug us. Uh, so go follow us on Myths Magic, at Myths Magic Pod, sorry, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, follow for some spooky photos, cool content. Um, equally, if you want to see more cool content that no one else has access to, then go on to Patreon. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of tiers. You can pay however much you want to pay. Get access to the Discord so you can chat to other like-minded people. We'll also be on there. Uh, as well as that, you can get handwritten letters, depending on how much you pay. Uh, Abby wants to do a badge pack for you if you go onto iTunes and give us whatever rating you feel is appropriate. Five stars. And a review. So, yeah, that'd be really helpful for us. If you go do all of those things, please. Please. Stop whispering, it's creepy. This is a creepy podcast. <laughs> not, not that kind of creepy. Try and stop me. Okay, thank you, Kate. I want to get started then. Yeah. Oh, mythsmagicandmurder at gmail dot com. Yeah, if you want to email us for anything, any particular reason, spooky stories, whether you like it, whether you hate it, what you want to see, what you didn't enjoy us doing. Yeah, let us know. Email us and say you hate it, and that's fine. Email us and say you want us to support your brand and pay us. <laughs> Email us to say that Abby should just do the podcast by herself. Email us to say that Abby sucks. Okay. <laughs> anyway. With that out of the way. Time for the Winchester Mystery House, which Kate has been to but has small memory of because she has the memory of a grain of sand. I've been to a lot of places. I don't remember everything. 
Okay, well, I've been nowhere, but I, I think I would remember this if it went. Anyway. Pretty spooky place is what I remember. <laughs> it seems pretty spooky. There was a film that came out about it maybe 2018? I don't quite remember. We went to see it in cinema. Uh, it wasn't very good. It was, in fact, quite bad. Yeah. From what I can remember, I thought it was really bad. But the concert was quite interesting, so I did some research on that. Um, it is a mansion in California, and it belonged to Sarah Winchester, who was the widow of William Wirt Winchester. Wirt. That's unfortunate. Big old name, WWW. Like the internet. <laughs> and he was a firearm mogul, so he made Winchester rifles, which were like a pretty popular brand at the time. I don't know how they are now, because I don't know anything about guns, because we're from England. They were used in the army, weren't they? Yeah, they were a, they were a big deal. Um, and he died from tuberculosis in 1881, and Sarah inherited more than $20 million, which around now would be about $530 million. In today's currency. <laughs> in today's money. <laughs> um, she also received nearly 50% of the Winchester Firearms Company, so she was, like, insanely rich. Like, she got, like, thousands every day. She was pretty much sorted forever. And at some point, after her infant daughter died, she went to see a medium, supposedly, did she have uh, the daughter with what? Presumably, yes. I've already forgotten his first name. William. Thanks. William Wirt Winchester. Just Wirt, for short. So yeah, at some point after her infant daughter died, she went to see a medium. And the medium was supposedly channeling her husband. And he said, well, the medium said through her husband, uh, that she should leave her home in New Haven and travel west, where she must use her fortune to build a home for herself and the spirits of people who had been killed with the Winchester rifles her husband had created. The medium warned Sarah that if she stopped building the house, she would die. I mean... Quick side note. I don't know about mediums. I've never been to a medium. I've never done a seance, tried to channel someone, etc. But if she wasn't really channeling Wirt, then what an odd request. Yeah. Hello, rich woman. Go and build a house. Well, she believed that her family was cursed because her husband died, her infant daughter died. Yeah. Right. And because the medium told her this, you know, that if she could move west, she could do this, um, then she believed that if she moved west and built a house, then she could appease the spirits and evade them. And then the curse wouldn't hit her as well. So she'd be able to stay alive if she built the house, is what the medium told her. Okay. So in 1884, she purchased an eight-room unfinished farmhouse and began building the mansion. Carpenters were hired and worked on the house day and night until it became a seven-story, 160-room mansion that would become the Winchester Mystery House. Nice. A lot of construction. I can't imagine the uh, the noise. Well, the um, when we went, I remember we got told that the construction workers didn't know what was happening because she made all of the plans and then gave them a Yeah, she didn't use an architect. She just kept building onto the original building in like completely random ways with no organization. Yeah, so they'd just turn up at work one day and it would be totally different from what they'd heard the day before. She'd just tell them stuff. Like... Yeah, she'd just been like, oh, actually, no, I don't want a bathroom there. I want um, this new bedroom there and that there. And it was all very hectic. Yeah, it contains things such as doors and stairs that lead to the ceiling or to brick walls. Mm -hmm. um, there are windows that look into different rooms. There are over 2,000 doors. And if you go through one of them, you fall 15 feet into the garden. Yeah, that one was uh, strictly off limits. <laughs> if you go into a different one, you fall 
eight feet down into a kitchen sink. That one wasn't off limits. Did you do it? Yeah, I did. How was the sink? Broke my legs. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one tickled That's you. Really funny. <laughs> there is a vast network of secret passages that twist throughout the house and a cabinet door that opens to 30 additional rooms. It also has two ballrooms, one's unfinished, 47 fireplaces but only 17 chimneys, two basements and three elevators. And one of them was horizontal, which I found quite interesting as well because I've never seen a horizontal elevator before. Like a travelator. Or lift, if you're also English. Yeah, I guess. Like, it would just push you to a different room. Yeah. So interesting. So she continued to create changes to the house until she died, which was 38 years of construction. And the construction happened every day of the year. Like, pretty much all of the day, day and night. Many accounts of Sarah attribute the oddities of her house to her belief in ghosts. So she was building things like for the ghosts, basically. Yeah. Environmental psychologists have theorized that the odd layout itself contributes to the house being haunted today. So they think that places are scarier and more likely to be haunted if it's sort of hard to leave. So kind of like hospitals, asylums, thing we associate with sort of being creepy and hard to get out of orphanages, you know. Hospitals aren't hard to leave. There's signage everywhere. <laughs> I guess older hospitals. But if you, you can't leave a hospital if you're like... An inpatient. Yeah, if you're if you're in the hospital. Oh, so like you're not getting get discharged, right? So I guess maybe you. that counts. Um, also, there's a seance room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Scary. A room with no ceiling and floor. An attic space that contains period furniture such as a pump organ, a Victorian couch, a sewing machine, and paintings. And this was only discovered by house staff in 2016. They didn't even know it was there. Well, that would have been after I went. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago That's when you crazy. went to uni. They found out that there was just another attic that they just didn't know was there. Yeah, I went in 2014, I think. And it just had a bunch of Victorian stuff, which is really creepy. Hope there wasn't a doll in there. <laughs> Screw <laughs> that. I would be out of there so quick. There's only one working toilet, and every other toilets were decoys to confuse the spirits. Mm -hmm. And she slept in a different room every night, which I guess is also to confuse them. Mm -hmm. So she'd obviously built this to appease the spirits, but also so they couldn't get her because they couldn't figure out where she was in this terrifying maze of a house, which yeah. is just so creepy and so interesting. I love that she just was building stuff, you know, and like hiding out and building fake toilets. Like, Yeah. No, it's really cool. I mean, she could have also just been really that shit crazy. crazy yeah i mean probably a bit of both right either way she was obviously scared of something well wouldn't you be if, if your entire fortune was built off of dead people i mean yeah so as mentioned the house was seven stories but the infamous san francisco earthquake in 1906 did significant damage to the house and during this earthquake mrs winchester was trapped inside one of her own rooms and people had to use a crowbar to free her the top three stories of the house took the most damage, so she tore them down and left just the four floors that it has today. My goodness. Yeah. That's awful. So after this, she spent a lot more time living on a houseboat nearby and just continued the construction, but she wasn't as in the house quite as much. She was mostly living on the boat. All right. Yeah, and then she died in 1922 from heart failure in a bedroom at the Winchester Mansion. She left nothing about the house in her will, and it was deemed worthless because it was completely, you know, unusable. It had an unnatural design and there was damage that was done by the earthquake. So 
it got auctioned off, I think, and then now you can go visit it, you can explore it. Yeah, they do tours and, and, and tell you a lot of things. And it's on the Times list of top 10 haunted places. And there's a couple little ghost stories, so I'm going to read them, but they're not anything particularly scary, just quite interesting. Okie dokie. Do you know if it's... Uh, I can't remember. So do you know if it's real that... Because in the film, they said that she would bolt the doors shut, like she would hammer sort of wood across the doors. Do you know if that's real? Because I genuinely cannot remember. I couldn't find anything on that. No? I don't think so. I mean, it's entirely possible, but of all the websites that I've visited, which I didn't write down, no, nothing told me that. It all just kind of told me the same story a couple of times, which is why it's so short. There wasn't really any new information on any of the websites. Right. Well, if you know, then uh, let us know. Okie doke. So this is a couple of ghost stories. We were in the house in spring of 2017, shooting video of various locations. When we went to the editing bay to put the footage together, we were surprised to find that the video taking of the various boilers in the basement had a distinct ripple effect in the middle of the shot. Footage before and after did not contain this type of video static. It was only centered in the center of the frame, almost as if something was walking in circles in front of us. Which was by VS. Weird. Yeah. Someone said, I often hear footsteps going all the way up the main staircase and then stopping at the top, but there's no one walking up. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, right? Worst nightmare is just hearing someone and just no one being there. Yeah, right, like footsteps and knocks and that kind of thing. Like Pure evidence human. of a person, yeah, yeah. A human. A dead human, I guess. Yeah, it's awful. Well, I mean, or like an human. undead type, yeah. Yeah. Someone said, I was standing in, the, in her bedroom once when I suddenly heard noise coming from the cabinets in the dressing room nearby. The cabinets have been closed and they're very difficult to open, especially in a short amount of time. When I got into the rooms, all three cabinet doors were wide open. I checked every place a person could hide or slip out, but there was no one. My goodness. And some, visitor, some visitors have sworn to see the wheelbarrow ghost, who's a, kind of a kind ghost who just wears white overalls and is just working on the house. Did any of the construction workers die? Or building the house because I imagine if you were working in a house that has like fifteen drops through some of the doors or like an eight foot drop, I couldn't find anything on it. But I'd imagine you would, right? Like, I mean, if if it's someone's sort of first or second day, they're trying to help with construction. They accidentally oh take God, a wrong could you turn. Imagine? It, well, yeah, I mean, it yeah. must have been a hazard to work in. Definitely. Also, getting lost. Yeah, must have been an issue for workmen. Like. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how she even figured out where she was going. Never mind people who just go there to work. Well, I guess she would know because she changed the... Well, the reason that she would change the plans every night was because she would do the seances and the ghost would tell her what they wanted. She was building it for the ghosts. Yeah. Is what we got told in, in the tours rather than it being to confuse the ghosts. Um, or to run away from them she was doing it for the ghost to like allow them to have their last will received so if they were like i want a toilet with eight toilets yeah like i want this specific type of room because obviously none of the rooms kind of fit there was no overall aesthetic of the house they were all very different so that is why she would she would talk to them in the night draw up new plans and then in the morning had completely changed the plans from the day before that's so wild. 
Yeah. So I guess she would know where everything was. She wouldn't get lost because she is the one that had spoken to them. It must have taken up her entire life. Well, I mean, it was how many years? 38. 38 years yeah. of construction, nonstop. However, there was no complete proof that she built the house for that reason or any other ghost reasons. Um, it's only been written in newspapers at the time that she went to see this medium because obviously she's the wife of this super rich, you know, rifle man. I don't really know how to describe him, you know what I mean? So she was very sort of famous in public eyes, being like someone who people wanted to know about. Like Bill Gates, I guess. Bill Gates again, the skinwalker. <laughs> Bill Gates, we know you were a skinwalker. He's already died because I said his full name. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Bill. Rest in peace, Bill. So yeah, she was just rich and, and somewhat famous. So people wrote in like tabloids and newspapers and stuff about her. So it could have just been made up really. And then they were just like, oh, this curse and that's why she's doing it. You know, she could have just been trying to find a new hobby. But she has a seance room. See, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I think, I believe that she was doing it for the ghosts. But, I mean, there's no proof of it, but it does seem a little odd that this woman has a seance room and a Victorian room and stairs that lead to nowhere. There's got to be a link. Yeah, definitely. And 15-foot drops. Like, I completely understand she would have been in some amount of distress because she had a child die, her husband die. She was probably riddled with guilt over why she had her money. Effectively, it was blood money. I can imagine that she wanted to get rid of it. But you can just build an entire complex or put money into a hospital or something like that you don't have to build doors that go nowhere and stairs to nowhere and everything like that there's kind of an element of either she was entirely crazy in which case it would have been you would have been able to see it before she moved or something else was going on something supernatural yeah well i think yeah as you said i think if she's made a seance room she has to be at least communicating with some dead people. So. Or at least trying to. Yeah. Her so mind has to have be that open belief, to it. definitely, that she's just, you know, needs to look after these spirits or escape them or whatever it was she was doing. Yeah. Also, there was stained glass that was, like, in a complete random location as well, I read. There was, like, no light that could get to it. It was just built. Yeah, well, like I said, the ghosts were telling her what they wanted, so she believed what from what i was told she believed that if she built it regardless of where it was whether it served a purpose or not that would then let the ghost of go and then she'd move on to the next one and like she might end up demolishing the stained glass or the bedroom or something in order to make way for a new one so crazy so interesting yeah i really really want to go we should go sometime it's an odd it's in the middle of nowhere it's an odd little house little <laughs> well 160 room house it's not as big as you think it is well i mean a lot of it was destroyed yeah so it's it's not that big anymore that's such a shame i would have loved to see what the other random rooms she'd made were yeah but it's a it's a it's a weird place but it didn't feel horrible going in it wasn't like if you've ever been to the Anne Frank house, that's a horrible house. Yeah, you get a really heavy feeling. Yeah, it wasn't like that. It was just weird. Well, I guess all the spirits would be happy. They've got all their ballrooms and stuff. True, yeah. The whole family's dead. What would you ask for? If I was dead? Yeah, like a room. Mm. 
Games room? God, that took so long. Really? Yeah, it asked for like a cool games room with like old arcade machines and like a vending machine with snacks in it. Fair enough. What would you ask for? I think I'd ask for a kitchen. Really nice kitchen? Yeah, I just quite like kitchens. I like to cook. I love that we're supposed to be spooky people. Like we're surrounded by all of these spooky decorations and stuff. We could have asked for a seance room, but no. I want a kitchen and you want the games room. I just want Pac-Man. <laughs> I just want a knife. <laughs> At least mine's spooky. <laughs> a kitchen is not spooky. That's where you keep all of the sharp implements. It's also where you bake cakes. And poison. You keep poison in the kitchen? Yeah, all of the washing up stuff under the sink. You mental? I guess. I never really thought about it like that. I thought about it as washing up stuff, not poison. I mean, it, it, you can't drink it. Can't drink milk either, but... True. <laughs> but there you go. Double the poison in the kitchen. Milk's in the kitchen too. Yeah, I'm lactose intolerant for reference. I think they figured that. She doesn't just poison my milk. Oh, I do. She just doesn't know. She's not actually lactose intolerant. I've just been pouring arsenic in and she's been <laughs> fine. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, that was the Winchester Mystery House. I wish I could find more information on it, but I just couldn't. So it's, I'm glad that you you went, so you have that extra bit of knowledge. Yeah, and I mean, we did watch the film, but that didn't really help anyone. Yeah, if you watch the film, I think it's it's good to know. It is based off of the true story, so it's quite interesting to watch and learn. But in I terms mean, it's of based the same way that like the Amityville horror was based, you know, they took what roughly happened. So there was a house with lots of rooms and ghosts and then they were like cool we'll just take that and go from there well i mean researching it it seemed quite similar to be honest like i've seen the film and i i watched the film before i did the research by like a year but it seemed like pretty legit the script of it it just wasn't a very good film it just which was a shame because it had helen mirren in and she's a babe she did a great job it was just the the writing wasn't so great it wasn't really scary it just felt just felt a bit bad, personally. Like You might like it, and that's completely fine, but I personally didn't like it. But if you're interested in the story a bit more, I would still recommend watching it, because you can still learn a bit more about it, and Helen Mirren does, does, does a good job. I don't remember who else is in it, but I'm sure they did a good job as well. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do Heaven's Gate, which was a religious cult. So I'm going to put my sources out there, heavensgate.com, Wikipedia, allthatsinteresting.com, and YouTube has a few documentaries on Heaven's Gate as well. So like I say, it was a religious cult. It was started by Marshall Herf Applewhite Jr., who's also known as Doe. For reference, he looks like Barry Chuckle, but after like a lot of coke. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He's very creepy to watch. There's a few videos with him in. And his eyes are, like, wide open all the time. Oh, damn. Yeah, he's kind of creepy looking. Can I just give a disclaimer, because if this is about religion, that this is not a thing that we're... Religion isn't really something that we're against or anything. So. Oh, yeah, I don't knock religion at yeah, all. Yeah, this isn't supposed to be that kind of... A religion is a cult. This is actually a cult. Yeah, it, it it's a cult. Yeah, just, just so that we don't get any... Uh, any hate comments anyway yeah, it's, it's on wikipedia as a religious cult so that's where i got those words from okay let me give you some background on him marshall was born in texas as the son of a presbyterian minister 
uh, Presbyterianism is part of the Reformed tradition within Protestantism. Basically, this guy was raised super religious. He went on to get a bachelor's degree in philosophy in 1952, then went on to study theology with hopes of becoming a minister. He got married to Anne Pierce around then, and they had two kids, Mark and Lane. He liked music a lot, got a degree in this also, sang, was the musical director of a Presbyterian church, etc. In 1954, he was drafted by the US Army, left in 56, and taught at the Uni of Alabama. Here he lost his job because he pursued a sexual relationship with a male student. So he was frustrated that basically he wanted to fuck dudes because his religious education and upbringing didn't support that, obviously. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, his wife and he divorced in 1965 after she learned about the gay affair. From here, he was pretty emotionally damaged. He had serious depression. His father died, his debts mounted. It wasn't good for Marshall. Okay, really. so... Religious guy, really into music, had a gay affair, was rejected by his wife and mm -hmm. such. Yep. Now he's spiralling. Yep. Cool. In 1972, Marshall met Bonnie Nettles, later called T., who was a nurse with an interest in theosophy and biblical prophecy. Again, for reference, Nettles looks like a large, unhappy Caroline Quentin with short hair. Thank you for these descriptions. Yeah, she's the one in Jonathan Creek. Yeah. Uh, they quickly became close friends. And this was explained sort of amongst them as having known each other in a pre previous life. She told him their meeting was foretold by extraterrestrials, and he had a divine assignment. Marshall had a couple of visions, including one where he was told he was chosen for a role similar to Jesus. Nettles and Applewhite lived together, not sexually, they were just platonic, uh, but Bonnie's husband and children left her when she was creepily close to Marshall, as you would. Yeah. I imagine I'd be pretty annoyed if you went off to live with someone else. I mean, yeah. Really? As, like, someone that you're with, but you do you, Bonnie. Applewhite also stopped talking to his family because Nettles was his soulmate and he didn't need anyone else. They kind of just heavily depended on one another. Platonic soulmates. Healthy. Yeah. <laughs> In 73, they travelled to teach others about their beliefs um, while travelling, they had little money, so they resorted to selling their blood. Oh my god. All working odd jobs. Those, those are very different yeah, things, right? Selling Zero to a hundred. They sold their blood for to money. To who? I don't know who Who's was paying them. buying blood? I don't have a clue. But that was on Wikipedia, so... That's so random. Cool. Yeah. Uh, they had their first convert in May of 1974. By June, their beliefs were solidified into a basic outline and they concluded that they'd been chosen to fulfil biblical prophecies as they had higher level minds than other people did. So they thought they were gods, almost. Chosen by God. Kind of. They thought, I mean, I mentioned it later, but they thought they were representatives of extraterrestrials. They thought they had divine assignments. They thought they were... So they believed that they were... Like Jesus-esque. Okay. Yeah. To come and save the select few. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. So what were the beliefs? I'll get to that. Okay. Did you think I'd just write this entire thing and not say what it was? I was just asking a question. <laughs> they referred to themselves as the two or the UFO two. They believed they would be killed, restored to life and transported onto a spaceship, uh, which they referred to as the demonstration. So I don't think they were mentally sane. So they thought that when they died, they would go into space yeah well i guess if they thought they'd met each other in previous lives they be they believed in reincarnation so skip to august 1974 marshall is arrested and jailed for six months because he didn't return a rental car his reasoning for not returning the car was that he was divinely authorized to keep it <laughs> which i mean i don't think you're gonna win over any police that's what i'm gonna start using as excuses yeah. sorry i didn't do the washing I was divinely authorized to. Yeah, sorry, I'm late to work. I was divinely authorized to sleep. I was divinely authorized to go to McDonald's before. Sorry, I'm not losing any weight at me. I was divinely authorized to keep fucking eating. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> While he was in prison, he worked on theology and abandoned the discussion of occult topics and instead focused on extraterrestrials and evolution. When released, he went back to Bonnie and said they should try and contact extraterrestrials and seek like-minded people. Their disciples were called their crew, and they introduced themselves to potential believers as representing beings from another planet, which was known as the Next Level, who sought participants for an experiment, and those who took part would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. Does that make sense? Yes. So they're working on behalf of the aliens. Yeah, the alien people and people that they recruit will be taken to the next level as well. Yeah. Yeah. Bonnie and Marshall started calling each other Guinea and Pig. <laughs> Why? They went through so many nicknames with each other. I didn't write them all down. If you're interested, it's all on Wikipedia. They also changed the name of the religious organization so many times. I've only written it as Heaven's Gate, but there were about six names that they went through before they got to Heaven's Gate. They only got to Heaven's Gate in the 90s. Like a band. Yeah. Guinea and also pig. <laughs> Applewhite believed in the ancient astronaut hypothesis, which is that extraterrestrials have visited humanity in the past, placed humans on Earth, and would return to collect a select few. So I guess the best of the best. That makes sense, to be fair. Marshall was also a lover of sci-fi and would use phrases from things like Star Trek when explaining things to the crew. And he stated that aliens communicated to him through this show. Oh, right, okay. He's... So he was quite delusional. Yeah. Okay, so that takes away all belief that this is possibly true then. Because I don't think that Star Trek was created to communicate with this guy. I mean, people believed him. Yeah, but... So I don't... I'm never gonna wholeheartedly say, no, that's definitely not true, but it does seem like he has some mental issues. Yeah. Okay. Uh, by 1975, they had about 70 crew members, all of whom had to renounce their friends, family, media, drugs, alcohol, jewellery, facial hair, and their sexuality. 
Right. So this is when it starts like being this a cult. This is a cult. Yeah. yeah. They also had to take biblical names in place of their own. So they've been stripped of identity, stripped of uniqueness. They're a cult. That's so crazy. Cults are so interesting. Bonnie and Marshall were going by Doe and Ty uh, by 1976. And in June, they'd gathered all of their followers in a forest as a UFO visit was promised. Ty, so Bonnie, later said that it was cancelled and their followers were split into small groups called star clusters. It was cancelled. Yeah, right. Sorry, they're too busy. There's a lot of traffic in space right now. Cancelled. <laughs> we'll just schedule it a different day. Sorry, they're feeling a bit sick today. Can they we rain check? <laughs> How about next Tuesday? Does that work for you? <laughs> From 1976 to 1979, the rules on their disciples got more strict. It was impossible for the crew to have revelations. That was for Doe and Ty only. Uh, Doe and Ty were the only sources of truth. You couldn't trust anyone else. Members could not engage in close friendship with one another, and contact with those outside the movement was limited, even if they were potential disciples. So it was basically, you depend on us, we are the only source, we are the only people you can talk to, we are the only people you can seek advice from, you can't even seek advice from each other. We're your leaders. Damn. Yeah. Applewhite controlled them by offering them a choice rather than telling them to do things, like giving them direct commands, and saying that they could disobey if they wished, which gives the illusion of choice even though there wasn't really a choice. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. In the late 70s, the group got a large sum of money, so rented houses in Denver and later Dallas. There were about 40 followers by this point. The leaders had their own house and the followers lived in two or three houses. They boarded up their windows, they were super secretive, they didn't really talk to anyone. They called their house the craft, as in like the spacecraft, the hovercraft, whatever you want to compare that to. The followers' lives were planned out to the minute. It was a strict regime. They had to get up at a certain time, eat at a certain time, do whatever tasks at certain times. What if you had to poop? You couldn't. It's a cult. Your needs don't come before the groups. Damn. Yeah. And Applewhite would make up meaningless tasks and call them games just so that he knew that they would still follow him, even if they didn't see why they were doing it. Like a loyalty test? Yeah. Do you have any examples of those? So one example is Doe and Ty made their followers stay outside all night because there was supposed to be another UFO thing. And then in the morning, they'd said there wasn't actually ever supposed to be a UFO thing. We just did this so that as a test of devotion. Right, okay. Which then strengthened the power they had over them. Anyone who disagreed with their lives being planned out to the minute was encouraged to leave. And they were given financial assistance. They they weren't just cut out, left alone. Uh, because Applewhite wanted quality, not quantity of followers. Which seems odd because a couple of times in the earlier sort of in the early 70s he does mention how many people he wants to join he wants a large group of people but i think something changed i don't know what in 1980 they had 80 followers 
and they were allowed to call their families in 1982. So they relaxed the rules a bit because obviously in the earlier ones they had to renounce their families, their friends, everything. Honestly, as far as cults go, this one doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> in 1983, they were allowed home for Mother's Day, but oh. this was just kind of to show the families that it was still their choice to stay there. They weren't being held captive. They right, weren't yeah. being forced to do anything. So that, that could still be to. like a, a scheme then. Well, it's thought that it all was. Yeah, so that the families would be like, oh, well, they're obviously fine. They're not in a cult. If they were in a cult, they wouldn't come back. Yeah, and the crew were like, oh, they're letting me talk to my mother. How nice of them. I owe them. Yeah. Yeah, it's like being in an abusive relationship, really. Yeah, but on a huge scale. Yeah. A huge cult scale. Nettles died in 1985 because of cancer, which obviously affected Marshall pretty badly. He became heavily depressed. He became paranoid. Um, he told the followers that she had travelled into the next level as she had too much energy to remain on Earth. That appears to have been a good excuse because only one member left. But Bonnie's death had put a bit of a spanner in the works because originally the teaching was that the physical body got taken to the next level. And it didn't. Because her body was still there. Yeah. So he changed it to the soul or the spirit or something similar being taken up. He just then, changed it and everyone was like, this is fine. Yeah, he was like, oh, I guess the spirit goes, the body's more of a vehicle, that kind of like dualism approach to it. So I don't know why no one was like, wait, how are you changing this? I thought you were a representative of the extraterrestrials. They were yeah. just like, oh, okay, pal. Seems legit. Yeah. The paranoia set in for Marshall is he was constantly afraid of infiltration or assassination from Lucifer or Luciferians. He's really kind of hit rock bottom. Yeah. But the crew was there for him. They all helped him. They all encouraged him. That's nice of it them. Was, yeah, it, was, it seemed like quite a sweet thing when I was reading it. I don't know how sweet it actually was, but... I mean, it's a cult, but... yeah. yeah. The cult went through a bunch of names, like I said, but eventually in the early 90s, it was renamed Heaven's Gate. It was around that time that Applewhite was talking about suicide being used to reach the next level, as everything human had to be renounced, including the human body. He also believed that sexual desire was something that bound you to the human body. So in around 1995, him and seven others opted for castration. Oh my god. Yeah. That's extreme. Why don't they just remain celibate? I don't know. I, I think it's because he had struggled with sexual desire in the past. Obviously, when he got with that guy when he was younger, I think it was something that had really been plaguing him because in Texas, he came out for a little while as openly gay and then he got with a girl. And I think he was just kind of confused as to what his um, sexual orientation was, which is why he made everyone renounce it when they joined. Oh, so like if he didn't have to, then he wouldn't have to choose something. No, neither would anybody else. Well, that and as well, if you get castrated, you kind of don't... I, I think he was just trying to punish himself yeah. for something he thought he had done wrong in the past. That's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, God knows why the other six of them went along with it, because the rest of them didn't. There were only seven of them. Oh, him and seven others. Sorry, there were only eight of them. So they weren't forced to. They just... I guess they were just firm believers in what he was saying. Yeah, just devotion. Yeah. 
1996, the group recorded two video messages in which they offered viewers a last chance to evacuate Earth. So they'd previously recorded such messages in the early 90s, but they were stung by media criticism. Everyone was like, you guys are crazy. They went... Originally, the media had heard about them because when they were growing earlier on, a lot of people had joined them. I think it was 50 people had joined them at once at this... I guess you could call it convention, but I don't really know if that's the right word that they'd gone to. And everyone was like, where have these 50 people gone? Because you had to renounce your friends and family and media and everything. So it got attacked heavily then as well. But yeah, everyone was just like, oh, you crazies, you're all hippies, you're all, you know, believing in UFOs and aliens. What weirdos, basically, is what was going on. In 1997, they learned of a comet, Hale-Bopp, that genuinely was a thing. It comes around every two millennia. We just missed it by not being born. Damn. <laughs> and Applewhite believed that Nettles was aboard a spaceship that was trailing the comet. No one knows why he believed that, because it doesn't say anywhere where he could have got that from. So that was just a bit of a leap in his thinking, I guess. But he, he doesn't seem like the most stable guy ever. And that she was going to rendezvous with the group. So in late March 1997, the group isolated themselves and recorded farewell statements, many of which were praising Applewhite. The group also believed that the Earth was going to be sort of recycled uh, before, I think it was 2027, might have been 2029, something like that. So... They saw this comet, they thought that Nettles was in a in a spaceship trailing it, and it was before 20-whatever. So they were like, well, it's now or never. So the suicides began on March 22nd. Most members took crushed sleeping pills mixed with apple sauce or pudding, washed it down with vodka. That's American pudding, not just any dessert you want to grab. Like a moose, I guess. Place bags over their heads afterwards. They wore Nike shoes and black uniforms and patches that read Heaven's Gate Away Team. A bag containing five dollars and three quarters, a form of identification, sorry, and a form of identification was placed beside most bodies. Why was there five dollars? I don't have a clue. Doesn't <laughs> say. Everyone was making jokes about it, being like, oh, what are they going to do? Like, put it in a vending machine on board the spaceship. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what that Maybe was Maybe there was, like, an entry fee, yeah. There's a bouncer on the spaceship. Five dollars and three quarters, please. <laughs> I'm a quarter short. Too bad, you can't come in. Oh, man. Kick you off the spaceship. The deaths occurred over a three-day span, with Applewhite being one of the last four to die. 39 bodies were found on March 26th. So, four days after they'd began. After an anonymous tip, which was revealed to be from Rio D'Angelo, who was sent two tapes, one with Doe's final exit and the other with the farewell messages from the crew. He went to go check the house and the back door was purposefully left unlocked to allow access. Rio filmed the entire thing as he went around, then phoned the police. In the months after the event, at least three former members of the Heaven's Gate committed suicide in a similar manner to the previous murders. That's so sad. People just kind of killed themselves because they thought this thing was going to happen. Yeah. This was done 
to hopefully rejoin the dead crew members. Damn. Where Applewhite climbed, claimed he was the only one, he he was the only way to get to the next level, as in you know the whole divine assignment, whatever. He was the only one left because Bonnie had already died. This ensured that there was no way for Heaven's Gate to continue without him, so it just died after he died. Yeah. Uh, the website heavensgate.com is still maintained by two members, but it hasn't changed since before the suicides. Oh, I'll have to go on that. It's really weird yeah. to go on it. I'll have a look. We I can... went on it before I knew that, and I was like, oh, God, what a crap website. It's like but... the Space Jam website. It hasn't been updated since Space Jam. Exactly, out. yeah. We'll, <laughs> so... um, we'll link it. Not the Space Jam one, the Heaven's Gate one. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, on, on Instagram, I'll put a photo of Marshall and Bonnie. At Myths Magic Pod. And also a photo of how the extraterrestrial might appear as it says on heavensgate.com. It looks kind of like a silver version of the alien cartoons on a Nathan W. Pyle's strange planet on Instagram. <laughs> the, the cute cartoons with the little aliens. Yeah, where they take everything too literally. Oh, that's the picture of the alien you showed me. Yeah. He looks very polite. He does. He looks like he would have very good manners. Yeah, a very well-mannered little alien man. I would kill myself to meet that man. Oh my God, don't say that. No, I'm not recommending suicide or any extreme measures. I hate this because you've said it in multiple episodes now and we're only three episodes in. I just want to make sure. Could you imagine if someone did it? Because they heard me like make a joke about it? Yeah. I worry. <laughs> I worry about you, the listeners. Don't do anything rash or silly. Talk to people. So that was it for Heaven's Gate. That's very interesting. Very wild. Yeah, and there have been reviews on Marshall and also Bonnie, so like psychologist reviews. Um, some people say that Bonnie worsened Marshall by being like, "Oh yeah, you're the, you have a divine assignment. I've met you in a previous life. The extraterrestrials have sent me here for you, you know." But other people say that it might have sort of curbed him a bit because obviously it was only once Bonnie had died that he was like suicide's great so it's hard to know whether he would have gone even more off the rails if he never met Bonnie it's so interesting that a person like that can meet another person like that yeah you know what I mean like the, what's the chances of you having this obscure belief and then somebody else also having a similar obscure belief. And then you pushing it onto lots and lots of people. And well, that's how he didn't have that, though. It wasn't him originally. She opened his eyes to it. And then he was the spokesperson from there. Apparently he was super charismatic. Even though he did look like Barry Chuckle on Coke. Right. So she kind of told him and then he... Yeah, she said to him, there. you have a divine assignment. Ah. Yeah. Because I think she had saved his life. I think he he had had like a heart attack or something. I don't know. I, I think this is what's right. Um, And she was like, oh, you didn't die because you have a divine assignment. And then they became like best friends. Right. Yeah, so it was her. But then, obviously, he took it too far. Yeah. Well, it was just a prank that went wrong. But she didn't believe in it at all. No, she was just like, haha, 
She was like, lol, look at this loser. He believes anything I say. They're aliens. And he's like, oh. That's so dark. Yeah. Not a happy one to end on. No, not not at all. Sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> but, yeah. It's such a shame as well because it, it wasn't even left swaying hippies that were a part of that. Not that that would have made it any better. But there was also a guy, I don't remember his name, but he was running for the House of Representatives and he was right swaying. Like it wasn't a specific group of people at all. It was a variety of ages, male, female, variety of political beliefs, etc. Yeah, it was just people that believed in this one concept, I guess. Yeah, it was just people that got dragged into up. it. Yeah. That's so wild. Well, yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can follow us at Myths Magic Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook if you're interested. Which you should do, definitely. You should, yeah. We'll post the photos from um, from this episode and the other ones that we've published so far. That are also really good. You should go listen to them right now. <laughs> yeah, you should. Make a playlist. Send it to your friends. Send it to your mum. Maybe not your mum. Why not? It's a bit dark, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe she's into that. It's true. Spooky stuff. It's I don't Halloween. Know what your mum's into. Everyone's into that. Yeah, it's the spooky month. You have to be into that. There's no choice. It's the law. Spooks or (laughs) nothing rhymes with that. Poops. The spooks of poops. (laughs) Hashtag trick or treat, but worse. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine if I (laughs) spooks or poops? If I went trick or treat, (laughs) that sounds similar. It does a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Spooks or poops. Stop saying it. You're Sorry, making me uncomfortable. That was so funny. Anyway, thank you for listening to the episode. Go hit up Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, our email, everything that you want to see. Good night. Goodbye. Sleep well. Don't listen to this at night. Listen to it at night. <laughs>